Hi, welcome to the GoldenAgeHorror.com podcast. My name is Matt, and I love old horror movies. Each week, I'll talk about one of these movies with my friend Andrew, who has just watched it for the first time. I think the result is pretty interesting. This week, we talked about Dracula's Daughter. For show notes and more information, check out our webpage at GoldenAgeHorror.com. So, uh, we're here today to talk about Dracula's Daughter. It's uh, released in 1936, and it, it was sort of the last of the original series of uh, universal horror movies, the original monster movies. It was the last one before there was like a, a break for several years. Um, it had to do with the introduction of the, not the introduction of, but they had a production code in place, and they didn't start to really enforce it until that time. And the whole... Uh, the whole horror movie industry that had sprung up in the early 30s had to sort of take a step back and refigure out how to make horror movies while still keeping those production standards in mind. Um, so what did you think of the movie? I mean, it was all right. <laughs> it was, uh, I don't know, it was fine, a little old. <laughs> it certainly is old, yes. It's like 80 years old. It's it like 80 real... years old now, so. Well, you know what I mean. It was, like, was kind of old. In that, like, it was noticeably old, not just black and white. What do you, yeah, what do you mean by that? I don't know what you mean. Like, there was a, there's a specific sort of, I guess, delivery style sure. that's changed in movies yeah. over the years. And the way that lines are delivered. And, like, I guess the specifics of the lines themselves. Yeah, I was just talking about this the other day, actually, with uh, someone else. That, that um, at some point, I guess, I guess it probably was in the 60s or the 70s, movies stopped being still, like, influenced by theater and, and stage. And became more about delivering lines in a naturalistic way, but that did, I mean yeah. that didn't happen for a long time. So, pretty much, pretty much all. No, I think that, I think good. So pretty much all the movies. I think that happened. Pretty much all the movies we'll be watching will be have this sort of uh, like really um, straightforward deli- uh, line delivery where they're like they, they like decide on the emotion they're expressing, and then it's just like that's the there's no subtlety. They're just hammering that their acting is just like a like a big blunt instrument. Right, I think that happened in all mediums. Like the switch, because as we get further closer to now, it switched to more like conversational dialogue. Yeah, yeah, and there's a, there's another extreme I think that happens in the early '90s where um, it goes past realism into like this weird stylized place that I don't really like very much. But uh, that's that's like another it's another topic. It's very all the stuff is very, expo- very expository yeah, for sure. They don't waste time. And, and this, and to be fair, this isn't even like uh, we're not even talking about high art here either. This is this is a monster movie, so they're not really they're not trying to yeah. like bend over bend over backwards but, to deliver uh, like show don't tell and things like that. But who is the monster? Yes, it's probably Dracula. It's probably still Dracula, even though he's not in this movie at all. Yeah, no, he's pretty much still the monster. All right, so I guess I can. We'll just real quick uh, recoup the plot, or uh, yeah, recap the plot. That's what I was looking for. So it begins, uh, basically it begins with Van Helsing waking up. I mean, it's not waking up. It basically begins minutes after the end of the previous film with Van Helsing having just uh, driven a stake through Dracula's heart or a chair like, or whatever. And uh, the police discover him. And, and you can, you just watch this movie today. So I'm just, I'm going with my notes that yes. took a long time ago in my own memory. So you can correct me if I'm wrong here. Okay. But uh, yeah. I think he stabbed him in the eye too. I feel like they mentioned that. That what? I feel like they said he stabbed him in the eye at some point, too. But that doesn't really matter. (laughs) Yeah, so the police discover Van Helsing just sitting calmly in a chair with uh, 
a Transylvanian count with a uh, stake through his heart and a broken necked Renfield lying there next to him. And they cart yeah. him off to jail. And he where he where he pretty much spends the whole whole movie in jail. And actually when I wrote that uh, ebook about horror movies, the guy who plays Van Helsing, Edward Van Sloan, he's in the mummy and Frankenstein as well. And he's like uh, probably my least favorite person in any of these movies. Because he just like he's he's literally like <laughs> it's like a log is is delivering lines. Like he's the he's the worst. He's the absolute worst. Yeah, he he's very good at saying stuff. I, I feel like he looks like he looks he looks exactly he, like you would expect Van Helsing to look. But he like yeah he just like he's out there. He's very matter of fact. And he's actually better in, better in this movie oh. than he is in like actual Dracula. And he's also like I said he's also in Ferguson and the Mummy where he doesn't play Van Helsing but he plays like approximately Van Helsing. And he's he's like super wooden. Or Van Helsing. Yeah, yeah, or whatever. Like some some German <laughs> occultist or German doctor who has like has all the answers and all that stuff. Yeah, so they cart him off to jail and uh and then there's like the other the other, the main story of the movie is introduced where uh he asks for his uh old student Dr. Garth to help him and then we introduce to the countess Maria Zaleska and she's Dracula's daughter basically. And then things basically yeah. unfold in a very predictable manner from there. Uh, sort of, I suppose. I guess. I guess the, the the most interesting thing about this movie is is the fact that she tries to be, get her vampirism treated psychologically through psychotherapy. I would say if you if you had described the plot for me from the beginning of like someone arresting Van Helsing for killing a vampire because he just murdered some people, and then it proceeds to someone like having to deal with becoming like a spawn of Dracula and controlling these urges. It's a very interesting it concept. Is. I just, I don't think maybe like film wasn't there or the ambition wasn't there. They sort of capitalized on that idea yeah, I, or make, maybe make the movie I wanted them to make. Well, definitely. I don't think there's like a, a, a subtlety of characterization in this movie that they would need. Like, I'm sure there are some movies from the thirties that have um, like the level of internal, yeah. like, um, I don't know the level of uh, like actual emotion, but this is like completely melodrama. Like, there's no. They don't like you said. They don't. They don't fulfill the promise of the of the concept at all. No, instead it becomes this weird, like that's like the first half of the movie. The second half of the movie, she just becomes sort of like goes back to the monster and yeah. she's wants to become. She wants to turn this Garth into a vampire for some well, reason. Well, yeah, I mean, who, who could resist uh, Doctor Garth? He was like, like that. Yeah, he was just. I don't know why she wanted to do that. He was just like too hunky to take care of. Like too hunky to handle. um, Too much man for one vampress. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. It does. It it has. It's. It's. It starts off like like we talked about, and then there's like this love triangle between uh, Doctor Garth and his um, like assistant or girlfriend or whatever. And Countess Seleska. Uh, so th- that's pretty much the movie. Uh, the other interesting thing is the like the lesbian scene or the lesbianish scene, right? Which I, if she, you know, I guess it's very lesbianish for the 1930s. Yeah, no, I suppose. I, I, yeah, but, but it's it, not blue is the warmest color or anything like that. But it, yeah. no, this is 2014. We, we're we're in a different world yeah. of cinema. I think I think there's. This is just two women in a room yeah, together. Yeah, well, she's like undressing her or watching her undress, and it's it, it's right, very yeah. it's like she's got it's it's like she's a very predatory character, obviously being a vampire. And I think there's something like it, interesting that could yeah. be said about the combination of her 
trying to get her vampirism cured through psychiatry and then also being a lesbian. Like, all these hidden desires or like, these... You know what yeah. I mean? Like, she's got... The, the, it almost could be a metaphor of the vampirism in a way. I don't. I don't know if that was intentional, but certainly. No. Well, the, was it sort of like vampirism and the Dracula always some sort of yeah, latent symbolism for like sexual? I'm not sure that. I'm not sure that the novel. I, I I'm I haven't read the novel in a long time. I I feel like the novel is more about race than it was about sex. But certainly the Bela Lugosi movie was about was was like sex. No, no, the novel, the novel Dracula is definitely about sex. I don't know what I'm saying. Like, I, I know there's a, there's some like semi-frank sexual discussion in Dracula for for a Victorian novel. Yeah, so definitely, definitely starting with Dracula. And, oh no, there's actually it's a novel a, called Carmilla, which I believe actually. Yeah, I've, I, yeah go ahead. I think actually, I did see that in mentioning when I was looking yeah, this that, up. That I believe has. I've never read that book. I've read about it. I believe it's got a lesbian character in it, though. I felt that I saw that referenced in. The just I think I was looking at like the reading about this movie, and because that was like an eighteen eighties book, right? Yeah, I think look that was definitely it came up dra- it came up before the novel Dracula, I believe. So it could be even be earlier than that. Yeah, I don't know. The novel Dracula was, I believe, the eighteen eighties or the eighteen nineties. Yeah, I mostly saw so like, I mostly saw that scene as sort of like they this was daughter Dracula, but it basically just Dracula part yeah, two. Yeah, definitely was. So she was just doing all she was doing a lot of things that Dracula would have done himself. But now that there's a gender swap, it sort of reinterprets the actions. Yeah. Well, yeah, it definitely well cast it in, definitely cast it in a completely different light. I don't know if it was yeah, like I don't know how much it was supposed to be like a lesbian thing. I just don't I don't know. It, right. I, I, I don't know if that was intentional. Well, if, that was just, if it was, they were doing the Dracula. If it wasn't intentional. Then it certainly seemed like they're pretty oblivious because it did it did feel like a like a like a sexual scene. Yeah. So what they would do with the Dracula sexual thing was preying on a woman, woman, but this time Dracula is a woman. Yeah. So <laughs> it also just kind of ends, like very well, I abruptly. Mean that, I mean, probably of everyone just getting yeah. shot. That, that's again the abrupt endings. That's something like I'm, I'm somewhat uh, inured to at this point because I just watched like 50 of these movies and they all basically end like abruptly. It's like they hit 63 minutes and they just have to shut everything down or whatever. 70 minutes is like the max. They don't, they don't like wrapping up any plot threads or anything like that. It's, they hit 70 minutes and the movie's still going everyone just gets shot and that's it. Right. The love triangle resolved because they shot one of the people in it. Yeah. So if you were to give this stars, how many stars would you give this movie? How many stars? I don't know. Like, like two? two? Out of five? Out of four? Out of... It does a mystery. The upper yeah. limit is a mystery. It could be out of three. Could be out of two out of two stars. Yeah, I'm just gonna give it two though. Fair enough. Solid two. Fair enough. One for being shot well enough. Two for the second star is for not being absolutely grating acting. Like very, like it was. The actors did what they could with yeah. what they had. I think. Uh, I think actually the romantic, uh, the like the Doctor Garth and his assistant, whose name I, I cannot remember. Oh, Janet. I've written down here. Janet. Yeah. yeah. I think they were, like, you know, funny enough, like, at a 1930s romantic comedy kind of way. Yeah, they were definitely a romantic comedy cute yeah, little couple. Yeah, charming. I feel like I've actually seen that precise assistant relationship, like, very recently. Like, in a movie? I don't remember. Yeah, like, in a movie. But I don't remember. Uh, it's like... It could have been a TV show, I'm not sure. But yeah, I mean that. Two, it's two stars because it's functional. 
functional inoffensive. Yeah, I I would say this wasn't this certainly wasn't my favorite movie that I watched of these Lady Thunder Star Wars, but it was, it, you know, it it made the top twenty two or whatever. It wasn't <laughs> top twenty two of thirty. Doesn't seem especially hard. Well, yeah, I suppose, but it, it inspired First, me to write like three pages. I guess most of most of was like the interesting like the sexual lesbian type stuff, and the the gender swapping stuff. So I mean that was the main reason I wrote about it was because I thought it was interesting because of those things. This is. It's sort of fascinating. There's like, this is some one of the most fascinating pieces of art to an extent to me is because there's a lot of ideas there that the original creators didn't deliver on. So it feels like someone else could, should come in here and take this, these concepts and the structure they had and actually make something out of it, where everyone else sort of didn't. Where they just made it like another universal horror yeah. movie. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I I I don't know if there was is there is ever a horror movie. There might be like. Well, certainly there's plenty of reluctant vampire movies, right? Yeah, I mean, there are a lot of vampires. I'm sure plenty of them are also reluctant. I think, uh... So that's the... I mean, I guess having Dracula himself involved is another thing. Like, I don't know how much that really makes a difference. No, I mean... But vampire fiction is in a different place in the 30s yeah, sure. anyways. Well, you can tell from the way... I don't think vampire fiction... Yeah, you can tell from the way Dracula doesn't I don't there uh, was... explode into dust or whatever when he's just a dead body lying there. And they can't seem to tell the difference. Yeah. I don't think, also, but there probably wasn't the concept of vampire fiction. Yeah, for sure. It was just pretty much just Dracula and probably, like I said, Car- uh, Carmilla. And then yeah. various ancient demonologies and what have you. More Draculas. Yeah, Draculas, yeah. Also, they did a very good job of it. Even though they cast a woman in the lead, they still managed to victimize her. Yep. Yeah. By making a tragic, tortured soul controlled by Dracula. I mean, she was, she was victimized for sure, but I... No, no, I don't enough. Yeah. It's just nice. Yeah, thirty. This is like this is like she might as well be a. Yeah, she's not victimized. Not not by the standards of the nineteen thirty movie, nineteen thirties film. No, no, she could have been like you know. Well, I guess she. I guess in a way, she was strung up by a swarthy foreigner or whatever, or menaced. But I mean, she's she's also a swarthy foreigner. She's supposed to be whatever. She's supposed to be Hungarian or whatever, or I guess Transylvanian. Well, also these men are supposed to be British too, but they have this. Yeah. I think they are. Yeah, well, yeah, like, well, it's in London, and, and the, there's, like, British policemen. The guy's name is Basil. <laughs> yeah. Basil. Basil. I think the... Which is British There's the odd British accent, but that's, you know... Yeah, her, her, her Transylvanian accent is pretty, uh, it's pretty weak, I must say. I would say it's not that bad, in that it was not a Transylvanian accent. <laughs> I feel like she wasn't even trying. I don't know. <laughs> I would prefer that as to opposed to trying too hard and coming off as a cartoon yeah. vampire. So, um, yeah. That's pretty much all I have about this movie, I suppose. Yeah, I... I, I have too much else to say about it. Yeah, I'm not sure. I watched it. It was fine. I don't know who that guy was. Was that guy from Dracula? Which one? Sendot. Sendot. Oh, Sandor? Nope, Sandor. that is the original character. Uh... Is he a vampire? No, he's like the, he's like the equivalent of Renfield, I suppose. He just wants to be. Yeah, a he wants to be a vampire, exactly. Just like Renfield, although the Renfield's uh, scrambling around for bugs and rats to imitate Dracula. And yeah, he just had bad eyebrows <laughs> and kind of stood in the corner he, a lot. Yeah, and he kills. He does, you know, kill the daughter of Dracula at the end or whatever. Yeah. Well, he, he was part of his own yeah, love the, triangle. The additional. The, the fourth piece of the love triangle. 
or whatever. <laughs> I guess it, I guess that'd square. be too. Well, he was part of like yeah, a separate. Like, he was part of a separate yeah, one on his two, own because he had no interest in Jen. Yeah, it was like I guess it was love they square because like, it was two triangles like sitting next to each other. Yeah, they were just two intersecting triangles, connecting at the tip of the beautiful Doctor Garth. So this this movie, I believe, was kind of a hit, but it uh, like I said, it was kind of the last. It's like kind of the last Universal horror movie of like the original batch, and it it already is starting to feel like the nineteen forties when you watch this movie. Like a lot of the weirdness is disappearing from these movies. I didn't, yeah, it didn't seem very strange. I should have watched Bad Love. That movie was pretty weird. No, that movie like the sets were way more interesting. It had like bizarre angles, and this was very, very simple, very sterile sets. Like this is an office. This is what an office looks like. It's got straight lines and regular sized doors. Yep, no weird stuff going on. No, no framing. Yeah. Just people talking. So I guess it's probably because, uh, like, the great horror movies were made by, like, either literally German expressionists or people who, like, uh, followed in their footsteps, like, directly, like James Whale. And this, I don't I don't recall who the director of this is, but... I know it wasn't James Whale, because... Yeah, it would have been, been better. When I was reading about it, they said they wanted him to do it, and then he was doing something else. He didn't want to make two horror movies in a row. Uh, yeah, I don't know why I didn't write down the director's name. It's pretty much an oversight. But um, it is not as good as one of those movies. Yeah, I have also. This is probably my first Universal horror movie I've ever seen. You never seen Dracula or Frankenstein? No, I have no perspective of this genre. I think I've seen Nosferatu. Yeah, that's nope, that's not Universal. Not. That's not even American. Although it is like a pretty big influence on the early Universal horror movies, I think. That's I think that's the only that's the only old horror movie. I've ever Except for Bad Love and the End of Lost Souls. Oh yeah. Are those universal? Mm, no. Oh. No. <laughs> but they're from the they're from the period. Yeah. Also, it's not for a horror movie. It's not very scary. Well, yeah. Or yeah there isn't a lot of horror horror in this movie, I suppose. It's more like a almost like a drama or like a character study piece, even though they don't spend too long studying a character. Yeah, I suppose when you break it down, it's just like a rom- it's like a just a romance a romance basically. It's a romantic comedy. Well, yeah, sure. Hilarious. But with more vampires. And more people dying at the end yeah. of it. A romantic, tragic comedy. All, yeah. the, all the masks are there. All the, all, the, all the different masks. So it's basically a trailblazer of its oh, time. Yeah. No, one, no one was doing a romantic, tragic comedies yet. Yeah, broke down all the doors. For all those movies to follow. Like, uh, yeah, I got nothing. When Harry Met, Sa- when Harry Met Sally. Is that yeah, a tragic comedy? Sleep, Sleepless in Seattle. Did they all die yeah. at the end? Never seen either Sleepless of those in movies. Seattle. Yeah. Oh. Everyone. Well, it's like a. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe there's like some kind of plague where no one can sleep. Oh yeah. And it, it just like insanity gradually sets in until. Until you fall. Yeah, in love. Until you fall in love and you meet into the space needle. Because <laughs> there's nothing well, else to do. You're sort of trapped up there, and below is the, the teeming madness of a, a a sleepless city driven past the edge. It's probably. You know, all that coffee. Yeah, all that Starbucks. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> well, I think that's how it started. Some, some, uh... It's just, it's just corporate commentary. Yeah. Yep. It's like Night of the Living Dead, but for imagined for the, the early 90s. I got it. For the Gen Xers. Yeah, Xers. Yeah, We're zombies too, you know. Well, 
Well, thanks for listening. That was Dracula's Daughter. You can check out our webpage at goldenagehorror.com, which has the show notes, social media links, uh, our ebook, which is for sale now, and plenty of free art and articles. So uh, let me know what you think. Thanks. Thanks.